Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Friday, everybody. Hope everybody out there is staying safe and is doing okay under these trying times. I am Gil Martin. Great to be with you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast as we discuss the latest news and notes uh, from around the NHL and, of course, dealing with the Islanders. We will also have a look back at this date in Islanders history, an unexpected upset road win for the Islanders on this date in Islanders history. And uh, we will also have the final part of my interview with WGBB's Gary Harding as we talk a little bit about Brooklyn and what the Barclays Center meant to the Islanders organization, and we talk about some of the things Islander fans have done during this break to stick together through what are obviously some trying and difficult times. And I I really think, you know, you you go on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, wherever it is that you go, and you see the way Islander fans are helping each other get through this time without any live hockey games, and it is definitely a, a uh, encouraging sign that, you know, look, Islander fans are great, and the fact that everybody is helping each other out and uh, encouraging each other, giving advice, where you, can you find uh, a, an old game, where what's going to be on MSG Plus tonight, all of those things are, are very encouraging. Uh, if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a question or a comment, please feel free to email the show. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we'll be happy to mention you on the air when we discuss what it is that you want to discuss. You can also follow the show on Twitter, the show's handle at LockedOnIsles. And anytime there's some Islanders news or a new show that is uh, ready to be listened to and posted, we will let you know. You can also follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And uh, again, all the latest news and information about the Islanders will be posted on our Twitter accounts. So, a little bit of news yesterday, or since at least we were here last from around the National Hockey League, the biggest news that came out late yesterday afternoon. Another NHL player has now tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, Again, the league keeping the names of the players who test positive anonymous, so we do not know who the player is, 
But what we do know is it now is a member of the Colorado Avalanche who has tested positive. So we have two members of the Ottawa Senators and one member of the Colorado Avalanche who have tested positive. And look, if the players are indeed following the league's suggestion that they self-isolate during this time, there should not be too many new cases coming down the pike. Now, obviously, you know, other people can, uh, you know, come into contact with family members or friends of these players. And if they, you know, do see those people, they could still get infected. But as far as uh, players, you know, it's been roughly two weeks since the league shut down and there should not be too many new cases left from, based on what we know so far about how long it takes for the coronavirus to uh, to spread and to incubate, uh, shouldn't be too many new cases, at least coming from contact between players who are practicing or who are playing in games or on the ice. That should not be taking place right now. So a third NHL player, an anonymous player at this point, who plays for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, has tested positive for the coronavirus, and uh, certainly we wish that player a speedy and complete recovery. A couple of interesting tweets from Islander fans uh, that have been, you know, just encouraging and nice. First of all, uh, somebody did post uh, a Friends Islanders edition, and that was a, a cute little video, and, and I did enjoy it. So about 47 seconds long, and you know, again, creative, got to like something like that, and uh, a little shout out to uh, to the people that posted it. Uh, Ross Johnston, Islanders uh, forward, posted, hey, Isles fans, thanks for following along. This was a fun game and a big win. Hope everyone is staying healthy. See you at the Coliseum soon. That was, uh, that was really great, and uh, I love this particular uh, tweet coming from Tomas Grice. Uh, day 10 of social distancing. Put on my gear today and went down to the lake. It's as close to ice as I'll get. I miss the smell of ice. Tomorrow, I shall try again. So, uh, nice little uh, tweet there from the Islanders uh, goaltender, Tomas Grice. And, and again, the Islanders doing a, a nice job of the players, look, they're they're restless too, believe me. They are restless, they are bored, they want to get back to playing as soon as possible, but of course they have to make sure that they are safe. And quite honestly, the fact that another player tested positive, more, uh, more likely than not, is, is going to make the league make sure that it's cautious before returning to the ice. So, look, I think we're still at least a few weeks away, but the point is we'll be here every day, Monday through Friday, to, to talk Islanders, to share whatever insights I can give you. We'll have the latest news. We'll talk Twitter. We'll talk about places where Islander fans can go to get to watch old games. And we'll have some great interviews here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, yeah, this isn't an easy time, but we will get through it together. It's a pleasure to still be able to do this show. 
uh, during this hiatus that the NHL has been forced to take. And uh, look, the, 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 the bad news is it's a difficult time for everyone. The good news is that hopefully hockey is just around the corner and uh, we will keep you up to date on all the latest news. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we will have this date in Islanders history, a upset road win for the Islanders that few people expected, and we'll have the final part of my conversation with Gary Harding of the Islanders Booster Club and WGBB Radio. A lot more to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Islanders is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Islanders fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Islander fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated and has disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We're going to go back to March 27th, 2009 to the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. 20,066 fans on hand to see the 24-41-8 Islanders who were struggling that season due to extensive injuries to their goaltenders, including Rick DiPietro, who was at this point out for the season, against the 49-16-9 Detroit Red Wings, who were back then one of the best teams in the league. The goaltending matchup for the New York Islanders, ex-Detroit Red Wing Joey McDonald, and for the Red Wings, ex-Islander Chris Osgood. So, a lot of cross-pollination, I guess, in this game with regard to that. And it was the Islanders who actually got on the board first in this game. The Red Wings really did dominate play for most of this game, but after a scoreless first period... The Islanders get on the board with a shorthanded goal. Doug Waite off for hooking at 7.54 of the second stanza. And then Franz Nielsen with a shorthanded goal, his seventh of the year from Kyle Oposo and Brendan Witt at 8.41. And the Islanders took a 1-0 lead over Detroit near the midway point of the hockey game. The Islanders would add to that lead at 15.09 of the second period. Josh Bailey, his sixth goal of the year from Tim Jackman at 15.09. And it was 2-0 Islanders after 40 minutes. And amazingly enough, despite the fact that the Islanders were outshot 42-30, Joey McDonald made 42 saves earns the shutout, and the Islanders skate away 
with the two to nothing win. And uh, Mark Streit leading all Islanders players. He was a plus two, as was Bruno Gervais. So that defense pairing, uh, plus twos in this game. As far as shots on goal were concerned, Bruno Gervais again leading the Islanders with five. And then it was Josh Bailey, Kyle Oposo, Richard Park. Each of those players had three shots on goal apiece. Islanders skating away with a two to nothing victory over a loaded Detroit Red Wings team. We talked about Chris Osgood being the goalie. How about some of these names, though, on this particular Detroit team? Pavel Datsuk. Valtteri Filpola, obviously familiar to Islanders fans. Marion Hossa, Yuri Hudler, Nicholas Cronwall, Nicholas Lindstrom, uh, Brian Rafalski, the ex-Devil, Henrik Zetterberg, a lot of very talented players, but Joey McDonald, who really did spend most of his NHL career in the AHL, most of his hockey career in the AHL, uh, good guy. I, I interviewed him after several games back in the day. But uh, Joey McDonald with a very strong performance. And uh, he ends up with the shutout victory uh, for the Islanders. And uh, that was a, a very encouraging performance. By the way, that was his only shutout of the 2008-2009 uh, season and his first NHL shutout. Uh, so very encouraging game for Joey Mack. And in his career, uh, he started 100 games, played in 133, and had two shutouts, the other one coming with Detroit in his second tour of duty uh, in 2010-2011. So a big win for a struggling Islanders team as they beat a dominating Detroit Red Wings club, on this date in Islanders history, final score, Islanders 2, Red Wings nothing, March 27th, 2009. All right, we will take a step back, and when we return, we'll have the final part of my interview with Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club. Lots more to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we are back, and it's uh, my pleasure now as we play the final part of my interview with WGBB Radio's Gary Harding, uh, talking about how Islander fans are sticking together and about the legacy of the team in Brooklyn and a whole lot more. Uh, so thanks again to Gary for joining us here on the show. And speaking to you and, and a number of other people, Islander fans are doing a very good job of sticking together through this difficult time. Oh, there's no question. You know, um, you know, you can't, you can't be with somebody. You can't, you know, uh, you know, you got to keep your distance, as as we all say. But you know, the power of social media is great. Where we, you know, just say, hey, stay safe. You know, be healthy. Do what you got to do. You know, I'm not going to tell everybody. You know, go sit on the soapbox and you know, say what you need to do. But you know, everybody knows. Hopefully, knows. You know that. Things are going to turn around, you know, you know, one of the common sayings is we're all in this together and we're all going to come out of it together, regardless of what side of the political fence you belong, what side of the sports fence you belong, what side of the social fence you belong. We're all going to come out of this. It's all going to be done. You know, uh, 
whether it's two months, whether it's two weeks, whether it's six months, it's going to end some part, sometime. Unfortunately, you get, it's going to be some collateral damage. You know, some people are, are going to be, you know, very sick, and some people may lose their lives. But I think in the overall scheme of things, things are going to get better. We're all going to get through. And, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully, um, you know, whether it's early and whether it's late May or early July or whatever it's going to be, you know, we're going to finally get to go back to see a hockey game. Uh, unfortunately, the poor people that they're fans of Brooklyn, they're not going to see a game at the Barclays Center anymore. Right. But, right. But uh, we're gonna, we're eventually going to see hockey again, and that's all you can ask for. And know that it's going to come. It's going to be like you know, waiting for Christmas. Waiting for Christmas presents. You know, we'll get a <laughs> we'll get a summer we'll get a summer Christmas present of hockey, and we just have to, you know, let this let this uh, run through its course and go from there. Your overall thoughts. You mentioned Barclays, and that there will not be any more Islander games there. Your thoughts looking back at the years the Islanders spent at Barclays Center, both the good and the bad? Well, I mean, you look at the record and, you know, the Islanders did very well at the Barclays Center. I mean, you know, I think they were over 600, 600 winning percentage for their career at Barclays Center. And they were doing obviously fantastic until the last game they played there where they got, you know, mauled by the Canadians. You know, they, they've played very well there. They've not, you know, Obviously, it was a different, different aspect of a day of a game day life, where instead of uh, you know taking a nap, they had to take that early train from either Garden City or Westbury or wherever they were going into Brooklyn. You know, um, they didn't practice there on game days; they only went there for the actual game itself. And they're doing that even now at the Coliseum, obviously practicing at Northwell. But you know, those were the the situations, and the guys really didn't have a problem with it. They dealt with it. They understood. You know, they knew what the reasons why they were doing what they were doing because of the inevitable conclusion, hopefully in less than 18 months' time, of, uh, you know, stepping into that brand-new building in Elmont. And, um, you know, uh, as far as fans are concerned, you know, I literally hated it the first day I walked in and said, this is just not going to work. And, you know, over the five years, I've gotten, you know, as most people did, they got used to it. Mm-hmm. You understood what, you know, the 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 trials and tribulations were of, of going to a game there, whether you were, whether it was taking the train or driving in, as I usually did on the weekends, and it really wasn't that bad. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it was an hour and five minutes, but, you know, you know, I, I say it about Islander fans, you know, in generalities, and I, I say it here. Islander fans were spoiled. You know, having the Coliseum in your own neighborhood, you know, uh, you know, being a suburban franchise, you know, where it was close to you and you didn't have to worry about public transportation. You didn't have to worry about all these other things. You drove into the, you know, drove to the parking lot and you walked 10 steps and you were in the arena. You know, it was, it was, it was comfort, you know, and, you know, we had to do what most fans in most other cities do. You have to go into downtown. You had to go deal with mass transit. You had to deal with the trains. You had to deal with the crowd. You had to deal with the traffic. But you got, you did. You know, it became a part of you. You, you planned your life accordingly. And, you know, you know, the ice was garbage. We all know that. Um, you know, you know but, every, but it turned out that it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And, you know, 
the vision that Charles Wong had to, you know, get this deal with Barkley so that hopefully, you know, the team could stay on Long Island and, you know, through Charles also the fact that he, you know, had the thought about about having the arena in Belmont and got um, obviously John and Scott involved and, you know, where where things are going now, you know, you got to say thank God Brooklyn came. You know, and I say thank you to to the people that worked at the Barclays Center and the, the people around the Brooklyn area that, you know, some liked us, some didn't like us, but, you know, they were they were our temporary home. And, you know, without Brooklyn, we wouldn't be talking about an Islander team. We'd be talking about Kansas City, Seattle, or Quebec. No question about that. All right, Gary, you, you do a fine job with your show on WGBB Radio. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can listen to your show and where they can find you on social media? Well, um, right now, obviously, since, you know, uh, most businesses and things like that are on, uh, you know, on a uh, lockdown, so is uh, WGBB. Uh, For those that don't know, WGBB 1240 AM, which is Long Island's first radio station, um, is a station that during the week is a uh, part of the CRN, the Chinese Radio Network, and um, it's a, a nationally syndicated broadcast. And on the weekends, they do um, infomercials, uh, ethnic music, uh, religious shows. And every Sunday from 8 to 10 is something called Sports Talk 1240, which myself and my partner, John Panarese, are a, uh, are part of the team. I've been on that, that station now for over six years. And um, once a month or so, I'm on there with John, and we do a lot of uh, – do a lot of interviews. We get some uh, former players, uh, broadcasters, um, book uh, book writers. Uh, of course, you've you've uh, been a guest uh, host on our show, and we always appreciate that. Um, so right now we're off the air, but if you do go to www.sportstalk1240.com, um, all of our shows are on the uh, site, so you can check some of our past interviews and check out some things that we've talked about and some of our other co-hosts. A lot of those guys do uh, stuff regarding baseball and basketball and football. You know, John and I are, of course, are are the hockey guys. And um, I don't tweet as much. I'm not one of those guys that's constantly sitting on my phone tweeting. But once in a while, I will put some things on. And my Twitter handle is at gharding, G-H-A-R-D-I-N-G-W-G-B-B. And... um, you know, uh, like I said, you know, we'll put some topics out. I might even do some uh, some live uh, broadcasts eventually. I think I'm going to try to do one in the next week or two. And, uh, you know, just to get the conversation going until such a time as we can get the puck to drop once again and uh, talk about it for real. All right, Gary Harding, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the show. And uh, let's go Islanders. Absolutely. Uh, Take care. Everybody stay well, be safe. And again, we'll get through this and we'll get back to talking puck for real. All right. Our thanks to Gary Harding for joining us this week and talking about so many aspects of Islanders hockey. And it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to Gary. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective on all things happening in the hockey world. Want to wish everybody a great weekend. Hope you all stay safe. And uh, we will see you on Monday with a new show. Uh, 
keeping you up to date on the latest news and notes from the Islanders and all things NHL. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast.